Welcome to the Gateway.Live podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray that God speaks to you through this message and through his word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at www.gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in. I want you to open up your Bible. I want to to share with you a story that has fascinated me for 30 years. And I think the topic that we're actually going to cover today is one of the most important topics we can talk about as followers of Jesus. I want to talk to you today about hearing God. I want to talk to you about, about hearing the voice of God and obeying the voice of God. And what you just saw out of the pulpit is exactly what I'm talking about. Your pastor just stood here and said to you, I have been praying, I feel like God is leading us to do a cafe with a cause. He just told you something and you responded back to him. That didn't happen because it was just a good idea, although it is a good idea. That happened because you have a pastor that prays and hears God. And then you are a congregation that prays and hears God together with your pastor. And that's how great things will happen in your city because you have a pastor that hears God and you're a congregation that hears God. And those two things together can change a city. And the Bible is full of stories about God speaking, people hearing, and people obeying. And this story in 1 Samuel chapter 3 is a story of a young boy. His name is Samuel. Now Samuel at one point in his life, later in his life, will become the prophet leader of Israel. In fact, he will ultimately lead Israel to its most prosperous time that they've ever had as a nation. That's the call on this young boy's life. But when we pick up this story, he's actually living at the temple. His mother, Hannah, made a deal with God. If you give me a son... I will then let that son serve you. And so Hannah was barren. God blessed her. She gets pregnant, has a baby. The baby is born. And after a few years, Samuel goes and lives at the church. He lives at the temple serving God with the priest Eli. And something happens one night in his life that changed him forever. And I want to read this story to you. It's about 10 verses. Will you stay with me, though, okay? You don't mind reading the Bible out loud in church? All right, good. I like that. 1 Samuel 3, verses 1 through 10. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli, who was the priest at the time. And in those days, underline this, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. And there were not many visions. In other words, God was silent. As much as they prayed, as much as they were seeking God, there was corruption in the church, there was corruption in the nation, and God had gone quiet. And one night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, he was an older man, he was lying down in his usual place, and the lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel, who was probably seven, eight, nine, maybe ten years old at the time, was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Can we just stop just for a moment? Uh, do, you, do you see where his bedroom was? He is lying down near the ark of the covenant, the place of God's presence. You know what's inside the ark? Was the staff of Moses, a piece of manna, the Ten Commandments. Oh, I mean, this is the holy of holy of holy places, and he had a bed right next to it. So the presence of God was always around Samuel. And it says in verse 4, and then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, here I am. So he's laying down in bed one night, and he hears his name being called. Samuel! And so his response was, here I am. Who's, who's calling me? Who's asking this? 
And he ran to Eli and said, did you call me? Here I am. Did you call me? And Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. You're hearing voices, in other words, and don't wake me up again. So he went and lay down, and again the Lord called Samuel. Now I want you to notice here, in this translation there is a, there's a the, the punctuation gets louder. Samuel! Samuel got up, he went back into the other room, and he said, Hey, here I am, did you call me? My son, Eli, said, I did not call, go back and lie down, and don't bother me again. All the parents in the room know how you get, when you're sound asleep and your kids are waking you up, it can really make you want to get rid of children, okay? I'm just telling you, this is the, the moment right here. All right, verse 7, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. I want you to notice here that Samuel is living at the church. He's living in the temple of the Lord, yet he did not really know God yet. It's possible to spend a lot of time at church but not know the Jesus of the church. And all of us in this room have to decide on our own whether Jesus is real and worth following in your life, including Samuel. And he says, he did not know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Look at verse 8 with me. So for a third time the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you keep calling me, I keep hearing this voice. And then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you a fourth time, if he says something to you, here's how I want you to respond. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in this place. And sure enough, for a fourth time, the Lord came and stood there calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel, and then Samuel did exactly what Eli told him to do. He said, speak, for your servant is listening. Have, do you, you know what's, what's funny about this story, or what's compelling to me about this story, is how relentless God is in trying to get Samuel's attention. How many times God was willing to come to this little boy and speak to him and get his attention. Here's the whole story of the Bible. The entire story of the Bible is a relentless God trying to get our attention. All of the Bible, the entire Bible is the story of God leaving heaven, coming to his created earth, and trying to get the attention of the human race, and trying to get humanity to respond back to the God who created them. My friend, uh, when I, uh, I have a friend, Eugene Peterson. He passed away last year. A real, he was a father of the faith. I got to spend a lot of time with him uh, at, at various times in my life. And this is what he says about the speaking God. He says that God speaks is the basic reality of biblical faith. And, and maybe some of you don't believe that God still speaks. Let me just tell you something. The Bible, from beginning to end, is the story of a speaking God. In Genesis chapter 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3, the earth is actually created by God speaking. The Bible says that the spirit began to hover over the dark of the deep, and the earth was formless and void, and nothing lived here, and all of a sudden God spoke. Let there be light. God spoke and created the cosmos. God spoke and created the oceans and the, and the mountains and the, the desert and the sea. It was God speaking that caused the earth and all of creation to happen. If you go to the very end of your Bible, to Revelation chapter 22, the last chapter in the Bible, the last thing we hear is that God speaking to us. Revelation 22, God says, I am coming soon. The last thing God says to us, I'm coming back. So he begins, Genesis 1 begins with God speaking to the creation. The, the, at the end of our Bible, God is still speaking to us. 
God has never stopped speaking. God is looking for people who will listen, who will obey. So I want you to write this down. And I, I, I want you, this is something I want you to talk about. I'm not assuming that you believe this. I believe it with all my heart, soul, and mind. I believe we can hear God when he speaks. I'm absolutely convinced. You know why? Because I've had lots of conversations with him. I know God speaks because I hear his voice. I hear him. I hear him in the scriptures. I hear him when I pray. I hear him in worship. I hear him in conversations. God is speaks. I believe we can hear God when he speaks to us. Any amens in the room? Do I have three people that will agree with me? All right, okay. If I have three people who will agree with that, I'm going to move forward, okay? I believe that God speaks. So I want to take just a few minutes and I want to show you five things out of this story that if you're not convinced that you can hear God, my desire is at the end of this message that you open your heart to the idea that God wants to speak to you. Now here's the first thing I want you to see is that the word of the Lord is sometimes rare. There are times that we can go through life and God seems silent. In verse 1 it says, In those days the word of the Lord was rare. I don't know if you've ever gone through a season of your life where you were praying, where you were being faithful, maybe you were even fasting, but you were pressing in, you were serious about hearing God, and all you were getting back was silence. Anybody in the room ever had a time in your life where you felt like you were doing all the right things, that you were pressing in, trying to hear God's voice, but what you were getting back was silence? You ever been there? Anyone in the room ever been there? This is what happens. The question I have for us today is the question I get asked all the time as a pastor. In fact, it's one of the most common questions I get, and I've been pastoring now almost 25 years. Here's the question. What do we do when God seems silent? What happens? What, how are we are supposed to respond when we are hungry to hear God? We have a desire in our heart to hear God, but it seems like he is silent. Well, Pastor Preston mentioned a minute ago that we went through a really dark season at New Life Church. This was about 11 or 12 years ago. The church was going through this awful stretch of time. And honestly, uh, I thought the church would close down. I thought we would lose the church. It was such an attack against our church. And it was dark. And I could not see, uh, I was in a tunnel, and I could not see the end. I could not see any light. It was dark. And I remember morning after morning after morning getting up and going to my office and I was in a hungry, vulnerable place as a believer. I don't know if you've ever been in a really broken place as a believer where you, the word of God would literally save your life. And I was hungry to hear God's voice. I was doing everything I knew to do to position myself to hear God's voice. And what I was getting back was silence. And I remember one morning I had the Bible open. And James chapter 1, when you skip ahead in the notes to James chapter 1, so I, I literally had my Bible open to James 1, verse 22, and I was in this vulnerable place in my life, a dark spot, and this is what the Bible says, okay? Do not merely listen to the Word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. What an amazing idea just to obey the Bible. I mean, that, what, I mean I, like I never thought of that, so I'm, I'm listening to this, okay? I, I, I don't know if you've ever read the Bible and had scriptures yell at you, jump off the page at you, but it was one of those moments where I'm reading that passage and the, and the Lord says, Brady, do what it says. That's verse 22 of James 1. So I read verse 23, 24, 25, 26, and it was all a blur to me because the Lord had just yelled at me in verse 22. You ever done this? Reading through the Bible, one verse jumps off the page, but you keep reading it. It all seems like a blur to you. All right. 
and I reminded myself that I was 41, 42 years old at that point when this happened. 20 years earlier, I had sat in a cafe on Kings Highway in Shreveport, Louisiana on a Saturday morning with my pastor. I know, I know almost every vivid detail of that morning. I know exactly where I was sitting. I can remember the booth that I was sitting in, the waitress that brought our breakfast to us, how my pastor looked across the table from me, because on that morning, he gave me a prophetic word that would shape, is still shaping my life today. God had spoken to him when he was praying over me. And I'm, I'm 21, 22 years old. I'm a young guy. And, the, and the, he looked at me and said, Brady, I was praying for you this week, and the Lord gave me a scripture for you, and it's James 1, verse 27. So verse 22, we just read, do what the Bible says. And, that, and I remember my pastor reading the scripture. Let me read verse 27 to you. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. He said, Brady, I don't know what this means for you, but the rest of your life is going to be marked by James 1, 27. Now, I'm 21, 22 years old, and for my pastor to say that to me, it seared something in my heart, literally captured me in a way that I had never had God capture my heart. Here I am, I fast forward now, I'm 42 years old, and I'm asking the Lord, Lord, what should we do as a church? And the Lord said to me, what was the last thing I told you to do, Brady? And I said, Lord, when I was 22 years old, you told me to take care of widows and orphans. And you told me to keep my heart pure. He said, then Brady, do that. Keep doing what I told you to do. Here, here's, here's why I'm telling you this story. Some of you are waiting on fresh revelation when God's actually waiting on you to obey the last thing he asked you to do. And there's, you know what I'm talking about. God has already spoken to you. It may have been 20 years ago. It may have been 15 years ago. It may have been last week or last night. But God has already spoken to some of you. And he's waiting on you to take that first radical step of obedience because he's not going to keep telling you over and over again to do. Listen, he's not my butler. He is not my concierge. God is not my waiter at the restaurant. I can't just snap my fingers and God run to my side. Actually, he's God and I'm not. Actually, I'm the clay and he's the potter. Actually, he's the shepherd and I'm the sheep. And when God speaks to me, he, he, he's not required to come back and tell me 15 times to do it. He's already spoken to me. He's already given me direction for my life. He's waiting on me to be radically obedient. And so I remember uh, 10 years ago, we got serious about taking care of the widow and the orphan in our church. And I am so excited about what you're doing here. Let me tell you something. We, we bought an apartment complex that we could not afford. We paid cash for it. We renovated it. It is full right now with homeless single moms and their kids. It is at absolute max capacity with a 100 women on a waiting list. That is, that, that's how much the need is. Right? We just built a $1.7 million community center. We built it in 10 days. We did an extreme project. We, we had 400 volunteers build a $1.7 million building in 10 days. It was all over the local news. We paid cash for it. I paid it off last week. We, it's debt-free. I'm telling you, when you get serious about taking care of the widow and the orphan, I want to say this over your church, okay? Listen, I'm your big brother, so listen to me. When you care for the poor... You will never lack for anything you need in this church. 
I don't know how we paid for it. I have no idea how that's debt-free. I, I have no idea. It's been one miracle after another. When I began to obey what God had spoken to me as a 21-year-old man, when I began to obey James 1.27, God began to do miracle after miracle after miracle in the life of our church, and that's what's going to happen in this congregation. And I want you to hear this today. There, five years from now, you're going to come back to me and say, Pastor Brady, I began to obey what God had already spoken to me. Five years later, you're just going to keep stumbling into the will of God. You will just find yourself right in the middle of the will of God. When you choose to obey what God has said to us, you will find yourself doing exactly what God wants you to do. He will lead you in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. His word will be a light for your path, a lamp for your feet, and you will never stumble in the darkness, and you will find yourself walking as if it is the noonday every day. The Lord will lead you if you will find, make up your mind to obey what he has already said. That's the first thing I want to show you. Now, i got four more points to give you in about ten minutes, so stay with me, all right? Can you listen fast if I talk fast? All right, here's the second thing I want you to catch, that the word of the Lord is always personal. I want you to notice in verse 4 that the Lord called Samuel. He didn't show up to a crowd and go, hey, anybody listening? He actually came to Samuel, and he knew Samuel's name. Now, I want you to think about the miraculous happening here. This is God in the universe, and he saw a little boy sleeping at the church. And there are some teenagers and high school and junior high kids in this room, I want you to hear me loud and clear today. God knows who you are. There is no junior Holy Spirit. There's not, God is as interested in speaking to four, five, and six-year-olds as he is 60, 70, and 80-year-olds. God wants to speak to us when we're young. God wants to capture our attention when we're little. In fact, if you will learn to hear God's voice right now when you're a teenager, when you're a college student, when you're a 20-something, God can radically use your life. Do not waste your youth. Hear God's voice right now. The Lord came and called Samuel. The word of the Lord is always personal. He knows who you are. He has not left you. He has not abandoned you. He knows every hair on your head. The Bible says that a sparrow does not fall to the ground and God does not notice it. God says, I know the numbers of hairs on your head. I know what sparrows are eating. I take care of the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. How much more will your Father in heaven not take care of you? This is how much the Lord loves you and knows you. The word of the Lord is always personal. Here's the third thing. The word of the Lord is always revealed. It's revelation. It's a miraculous act. And it's a work of the Holy Spirit. You will never hear God's voice unless you fall in love with the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. I'm going to show this to you. Look at, look at this uh, scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians, put that on the screen for me. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God. For they, they, they're foolishness to him. In fact, this may sound foolish to some of you. This guy on the stage is telling me that God, who created the desert and the mountains and the ocean, wants to speak to me. That, that sounds really foolish to say that out loud. Unless you know the Holy Spirit. And listen to this next part. Because he cannot understand because they're spiritually discerned. When you fall in love with the person and the presence of the Holy Spirit, when you begin to acknowledge the Holy Spirit's presence in your life, 
you will begin to hear the voice of God. You will begin to understand the ways of God. The scriptures will jump off the page at you. Everything will begin to make sense to you when you begin to pursue the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want you to write those three that the Holy Spirit is a person, the Holy Spirit is a presence, and the Holy Spirit is powerful. So when you begin to pursue the person, the presence, and the power of the Holy Spirit, suddenly the voice of God becomes real to you because you're able to discern spiritual things with the Holy Spirit. If you, are, if you are resisting the work of the Holy Spirit in your life, what you're actually doing is shutting off the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. So two years ago, I turned 50 years old. And I know that's shocking to you. I know you, there's no way you thought I was that old. I can feel the love coming back from you. Thank you so much. But I'm 52 years old. So two years ago, not to be cap and obvious, I turned 50 because I'm 52 now. I remember... On my 50th birthday, January 11th, two years ago, I'm laying in my bed, and I wake up, and I realize I'm 50 years old. <laughs> that is a, it's both exciting and uh, sad all at the same time, right? I'm 50 years old, and, and I, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm probably halfway home. I'm at least at halftime, all right? I may be late in the third quarter. I don't know, but, I, but I, I'm at least at halftime, right? I'm getting a halftime pep talk from God as I wake up on my 50th birthday, and the Lord said to me, I said to the Lord, Lord, what do you want for the second half of my life? I, that's the first question I ask. What do you want from me? For the second? I've tried to be obedient. I've tried to follow God, but I want to finish well. I want to get to the finish line well. And I said to the Lord, what do you want from me? He said, I want you to fall in love with the Holy Spirit again. And there's a, there a three-word prayer that the church has actually been praying for about 1,700 years that we can find. We can document for the last 1,700 years, the church has prayed a three-word prayer. And that morning, on my 50th birthday, before my feet touched the floor, I began praying this three-word prayer. And every morning for the last two years, and I may have missed five or six mornings, but it hasn't been more than five or six mornings that I've missed in the last two years. This morning, when I woke up, when my eyes awakened this morning, before I put my feet on the floor, before I looked at my phone, before I spoke to my wife even, this morning when I woke up, I prayed this three-word prayer. And the prayer is, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Now, I know what you're thinking was, Pastor Brady, does that mean we have to beg God to show up? Do we have to beg God? No, it's not, that's not a prayer begging God to come near to me. God has already gone to extravagant lengths to come near to me. Are you catching it? God can't do anything else to come near to me. He's already left heaven. He went to the cross. He was resurrected and ascended. He's at the right hand of the Father right now praying for me. There's not much more God can do on my behalf. So this is not a prayer begging God to come near. It is a prayer to remind me how much I need the Holy Spirit. It's a prayer to remind me of how desperate I am for the Holy Spirit's work in my life. And I've been praying, I've taught my church, we pray this prayer all the time. We pray, come Holy Spirit, because I believe the word of the Lord is revealed by the Holy Spirit. All right, here's the fourth thing. The fourth thing is the, Lord, the word of the Lord requires help from others. I, I, I can hear God on my own, but oftentimes I need people in my life to affirm it, to confirm what God is saying to me. 
I, I even told Preston last night, he, had, he announced what he announced to you this morning. And as soon as the service was over, I went to Preston and I said, Preston, I want to tell you something. What you just said to your church about the cafe with the cause, what you just said to your church about caring for the unborn, I want to tell you, that's, that's the Lord. That is a prophetic word of the Lord. Now, he, he already knew that he had heard the Lord. But you know how encouraging it is to have people around you affirming that? To say, yes, I see that, yes. And Eli, look at Eli, verse 8. Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. Sometimes we need people in our lives to affirm, to confirm, to give us wisdom, to give us discernment. And that's why small groups and life groups are so critical for us, living in community with one another, because we need that affirmation. We need people to tell us, yes, you're hearing God. Here's the last thing I want you to see. The fifth thing I want you to see today is that the word of the Lord is heard by listeners. In verse 10, Samuel replies, when God comes for the fourth time to speak to him, he says, speak, for your servant is listening. I've already made up my mind to obey you. Speak, for your servant is listening. I, uh, one of the questions I get asked, I have an 18-year-old and a 20-year-old at my house, and it's a pretty fun time at my house because my 18-year-old daughter is about to graduate high school. She's going to go off to college in August. My son is a junior in college, and they're going to actually go to college together next year. So in August of this year, Pam and I are going to be empty nesters, and I am very excited. I am super excited about this. My, I, we're going to get our house back. We're getting rid of a dog and two kids in August, and I'm so excited. It's one of the best days of my life. It's going, it's going to be sad and exciting. We're going to cry in the parking lot and high-five one another. As soon as we're out of sight from them, they will not know it. We will be super sad in front of them. And then as soon as we're out of sight, we're going to go, pow, yes, done. Yes, Lord Jesus, come on. It's really exciting. So I don't want to get too excited. But one of the things I'm trying to teach my kids right now is to hear God. And my son, my 20-year-old, he's, he's super smart, and he's super in tune. He's trying to really hear God's voice. He said, Dad, sometimes I don't know if I'm hearing my voice or God's voice. And it's a question I get all the time. Actually, grown, a lot of adults ask me, a lot, of, a lot of people ask me that question. How do I know the difference between my own thoughts and God's thoughts? And I, tell, I told him the story. I told him the story of when I met his mother. Now, this is going to tell you how old I am, all right? But remember when the, you had a phone in your house and when it rang, you did not know who was calling. There was no caller ID. There was no, there was no pictures. There was no numbers. It just rang. And it was so, so exciting because it was mysterious. You, I didn't know if it was the IRS, your drunk aunt. I, it could be anybody calling. So it was exciting that somebody wanted to talk to you. So the phone would ring, and we would all run to the phone. And we had no idea who was on the other end of the line because you just didn't know. It was a mystery. It was like Christmas. Every time the phone rang, you were opening a gift of conversation. All right, so when I started dating Pam, I was just getting to know her. And she would call the house. She would call our home phone number. And I would go to the phone. And I wanted to impress her. I wanted to know that she was important to me. I was, you know, I was interested in her. But when I picked up the phone, I had five seconds to get it right. I had five seconds to recognize her voice. Because if I had called her by another name, that could have been fatal to our relationship. All the, all the women in the room know this, all right? You want the man to know your voice. But I didn't know who was calling. And so I would pick up the phone, and I had five seconds to get it right, or I was in trouble. But something remarkable happened 
as I began to spend more time with Pam. Months later, years later, when she would call, I had no trouble recognizing her voice. You know why? Because Pam became exclusive to me. There were no other girls in my life. There were no other voices that I was listening to besides hers. Her voice became important because she was exclusive. And the reason that some of you are not hearing the voice of the Lord is because God's not exclusive to you. You're listening to a lot of other voices, and now you're wondering why you're having a hard time discerning the voice of God. Well, maybe it's because God's not exclusive to you. And I tell my son this. Just the other night, I was telling Abram, Abram, the more exclusive God becomes to you, the more you're going to understand his voice. You can't, this is not a, uh, this happens over time. The reason that she goes, Dad, it seems like you hear God and I don't. I said, son, I've been following the Lord for 30 years. I have, I have daily conversations with him. I, I, I read his scriptures. I, I, pr- I actually read his scriptures out loud to myself. Let me give you a little, little something to do, okay? Start reading the Bible out loud to yourself so that when God speaks, you'll actually understand what he's saying to you because he, he wrote the Bible. And so I learned to understand God's voice. I read the Psalms out loud. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And I, I read it out loud to myself so that when God comes to comfort me, when God comes to speak to me, I've heard his voice already. I know him. He's exclusive to me. He's important to me. And I hear his voice. I, I, want, I want to read this last thing to you. Look at John 10. This is what Jesus said about hearing his voice. John 10, verse 27. Look at this. This is a fascinating passage of Scripture. John 10, verse 27 says, My sheep listen to my voice. Now just stop here just for a moment. Sheep? That's insulting. Do you know anything about sheep? If you leave sheep alone, they will eat the grass down to the dirt and stand there and die. They do not know how to find food. They cannot find water. And they are prone to predators. Have you ever heard of someone being attacked by a sheep? No one's afraid of them. They're pest. They're they're dumb. They need constant attention. They need constant care. If, If sheep don't have a shepherd, they die. He didn't call us bears or lions or eagles. That would have been more honoring to me. My bears, my sheep, my my lions, my eagles. No, he calls me a sheep. So you've got to get over that before you ever get to the next part. Jesus called us dumb animals. My sheep listen to my voice. I I don't feel, the millennial in me, does. I don't feel honored. I don't feel like I just want a trophy. I don't know what's going on here. This is wrecking my world. My sheep listen to my voice. So the first step in hearing God's voice is admitting you're a sheep. According to what Jesus said, I have to admit I need a Savior. I can't fix myself. I can't lead myself. I need help. I found that when I humble myself before the Lord like that and say to him, I need you, I I can't do this on my own. I can't be a husband by myself without help. I can't be a father to my kids without help. I certainly can't pastor the church if I don't have help. I can't do my job unless I have help. I am your sheep. You are my shepherd. And listen to what he says. I know them. Just like God called Samuel out in the temple that night, 
Jesus said, I know you. And he says, and they follow me. Now, this is a, this is a powerful moment when I read that passage. I read that passage of Scripture all the time because I am relentless in hearing God's voice. It, is, it consumes me to be close to the Lord because I can't, I can't operate unless I'm close to him. I can't, I can't do what God's called me to do unless I'm really close to the Lord. And I have to say to the Lord, Father in heaven, I am a sheep and you're the shepherd. I am the clay and you're the potter. You are God and I am not. And I submit myself to you. I come humbly before you and submit myself to your lordship, to your rule in my life. And listen, if every day you take that posture, come Holy Spirit. I am, your sh I am a sheep. You are my shepherd. I'm, I'm giving you your morning prayers for the next year, okay? I am a sheep. You are my shepherd. I need the Holy Spirit today. Lead me in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. What happens over the course of time is when you humble yourself and position yourself that way, you begin to hear the voice of the Lord and everything in your world starts changing. Thanks for joining us on Gateway.Live. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at www.gatewaylife.com.